saw this headline picked my uh, certainly piqued my interest because uh, Porter Airline is set to announce some very big changes that's going to put this small player directly up against the big boys and girls and test I think it's business model, which a lot of people do like, because they see themselves as a disruptor to the existing industry. So first, set of changes will arrive with this fleet of E-195 jets that they have ordered from Brazil. They've got 50 and then another 50 that they can get access to. These are bigger planes that are quiet, uh, fuel efficient, bigger, and it opens up Porter to longer and um, more flights and destination nations, not just across North America, but let's say you want to go to the Caribbean. They won't operate at Billy Bishop, but instead at Pearson, which puts Porter in direct competition with the big airlines. And they're specifically catering to the economy class, so they're going to offer you those cheap flights. You get those free Porter snacks. You get the booze. You also get free Wi-Fi. And then these planes are the two-seater planes. They, they don't want that middle seat. They think that's the game changer because that is what people want. They want to sit together, have some free wine, have a little nibbly, and uh, pay cheaper rates. Let me bring, bring in John Gradick to this conversation, Fact, faculty lecturer of supply chain logistics operations and integrated aviation management over at McGill University. Great to have you, John. Hi, Alex. Nice to be here. All right. So I think the first thing that came to my mind, I mean, the thing I think most people love about Porter is that you don't have to go to Pearson, uh, but that you get that kind of small feel when you go down to Billy Bishop and it's just very convenient. And so it's a bit of a risk, though, is it not for them to go out to Pearson? Well, I think it's a risk. I think that they're they're trying to figure out, you know, they're bringing these new jets and those new jets cannot operate a Billy Bishop. So if yeah. they are really going to be part of the Canadian you know, the, a larger Canadian landscape in terms of air, you know, services, they have no choice but to really operate out of Pearson. So it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, fact that so that, mm -hmm. that fleet is, is going to be based in Pearson. So they're going to have to you know, play the game and join the big boys in playing at Pearson. Yeah, look, there's some really good opportunities here because they have 2,000 people on their, uh, you know, their payroll now, but they're going to have to hire, you know, another 3,000. So 5,000 people over the next um, couple of years, they'll see a lot of um, changes. What do you think their biggest challenge will be? Because, I mean, I, I, the greatest thing about Porter is just the small touches like the um, actual customer service you get. Um, and if, if they can continue and maintain that, then, then they'll be doing something that the big guys are not doing. Well, there's two things, you know, in my, in my view, you know, one is going to be competitive response. Like the, the, the other guys are not going to sit back, relax and take, you know, let Porter yeah. do its thing in terms of the service levels and the amenities that they're offering. So there's going to be a competitive response for sure. And, you know, that competitive response usually translates into price. And, you know, are you willing to, in fact, pay more potentially for the Porter product, whether it's Porter Reserve or Porter Classic, uh, then you would pay on some of the other carriers' economy services. So it's going to be a question of how they price the product and what is it that they're going to be looking at in terms of the amenities and all of the traditional stuff that you've, you've come to love and enjoy about Porter. Um, you know, the question is going to be how you know, effectively are they able to manage their costs so that they can, in fact, offer that level of service. Tell me about these planes, the E-195 jet. This is a Brazilian uh, model of plane. Are they the first to bring this into the market? Like, what is so special about this particular jet, and why would Porter go with that than, let's say, like a big Boeing-type uh, plane? 
Well, I think that, you know, the E-195E2s is the latest generation of Embraer airplanes. Embraer is, is you know, is a small player in the, in, the, in the big scheme of things when it comes to airplanes behind Boeing and Airbus. Uh, and I think that Embraer is trying to basically break into the North American market with this new generation airplane. It is a nice airplane. Uh, it is a comfortable airplane. It looks great in terms of the, in- the interior layouts. Two-by-two two seating, is, as mm-hmm. Mr. Deleuze has pointed out, no middle seat. And so, you know, you, and you are going to have a very interesting ambiance on board the airplane. Uh, and from an operating perspective, um, it is an airplane that is much more fuel efficient than anything that Boeing has. And it's quieter uh, and has less, you know, less emissions associated with that airplane. So I think the choice of the airplane is, is right. The question is, can Embraer deliver? And that's mm-hmm. the question that we have today because everybody's got supply chain issues. It's got issues mm-hmm. with parts, components. And Embraer is not immune to that. So it's going to be a question of can Embraer deliver the airplanes that, that uh, Porter needs to basically present itself a, a interesting Canadian product. Yeah. And just so our listeners have an idea, this is a plane that would seat 132 um, passengers. It's very long and skinny from, from the pictures of what we're being seeing. Duluth um, looks at this as a game changer, kind of a disruptor um, to the existing model. Do you see that? As, I mean, he really does zero in on the, the, the layout of the seating, the fact that you get rid of that middle seat. Um, do you see them as a disruptor? No, I don't. I think that, you know, it, you know it, you're still flying on an airplane. You still got to go through check-in. You still got to go through security. You still got to check your bags. You still got to carry on sizing. You still got to wait for your bags Hopefully they get yeah. delivered at your destination. So, you know, <laughs> is that is that how we're doing it these days? Just hope, hope. I just hope they arrive. <laughs> get, get your get your air tags into your bag. I was only kidding, yeah. but you know, but I think that you know, it, it, you know, as, as Deleuze is trying to basically position the the in flight amenities and the in flight environment that he's creating with Porter, which is a great product, by the way, as mm-hmm. enough of a game as enough of a game changer to basically say, you know, we're going to differentiate ourselves and we're going to become we're going to be able to play with the big boys. Uh, when it comes to attracting you on our flights. And I think, you know, there is going to be a competitive response. For sure, Air Canada, WestJet, Swoop, the rest of the guys are really going to, you know, take a look at their in-flight service product and tweak it to make it much more competitive in what Porter's trying to create in the marketplace. So Porter's in for a, a little bit of a battle when it comes to, you know, maintaining that competitive edge, which they think the Porter service provides today. It'll be taken on. Um, by the other carriers. Yeah, I think part of the battle then will come down to brand loyalty. I mean, people who fly Porter generally love Porter, so they're willing to kind of stick with that brand. What's their biggest threat then? Is that the others stack up against them and kind of price them out of the market? Because bottom line is, if I have an option, John, of going Porter versus Air Canada, I mean, it's an easy pick for me. I'll go to Porter because they don't irritate me as much as Air Canada. So I think a lot of people would probably think like that. Yeah, but would you would you pay 100 bucks more to fly on Porter than you would on Air Canada? For the free you know, peanuts, the maybe. I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I guess yeah. that will be it. But, but you yeah. know, look at the fares. Look at the fares that you have on Canada. You can go from Toronto to Calgary round trip in January mm-hmm. for one hundred and thirty bucks. One hundred and thirty dollars round trip, you know, on Flair or on Lynx, and you know, two hundred bucks round trip on Air Canada. Porter comes in at four hundred or five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Is that is that a competitive product? Is that going to be enough of a product in terms of the Porter service and the Porter, you know, ambiance that you have? Is that enough to drive people to fly? you know, on the Porter E2s uh, with that much of a fair differential in the marketplace. And I think that's going to be the issue. You know, is, you know, can Porter, in fact, provide that level of service and sustain that level of service 
you know, when they're looking at a competitive pricing environment that is really, you know, bottom, you know, is is really bottom feeders, like 120 yeah. bucks to fly Toronto Calgary round trip. You know, nobody's making any money at that one. So I don't think no. we will either. Nonetheless, money ultimately does speak the loudest language. So, John, we will wait and see. Appreciate you filling in the uh, blanks on this one. All right. I'll take care. Have a good day. That's uh, You too. That's John Gradick, who's uh, with McGill University and knows an awful lot about aviation management. And money will talk. The other thing is, um, and one of the downsides of Porter, is that they do have to delay a lot of flights because of fog and weather issues. They won't be able to get away with that at Pearson.